It's 6 o'clock. Always a good time to call Baird Brothers. Featuring fine hardwood since 1960. This is News Radio 570, WKBN, Youngstown. From ABC News, I'm Richard Cantu. I am pleased that Democrats in Congress have come to their senses. White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders reading President Trump's statement in the wake of U.S. Senate approval of a measure allowing the federal government to reopen the vote. 81 to 18. The measure funds the bureaucracy through February 8th, with the idea negotiators will come up with a plan for settling the status of the Dreamers. The House now voting. The president wants tougher border security and a wall. Democrats want to protect Dreamer children. White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders says one of those issues takes priority. As I've always said, once the government is funded, my administration will work towards solving the problem of very unfair illegal immigration. Senate Democrats saying they'll give the president funding for a wall that he once insisted Mexico would pay for if he helps protect 800,000 Dreamer children. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. Five workers remain unaccounted for after an explosion at a natural gas well in eastern Oklahoma. Pittsburgh County Emergency Management Director Kevin Enlow. They have extinguished the equipment that's burning around location. The primary fire on the wellhead is still burning. Confirmation of any fatalities won't be possible until the fire is extinguished. A second state controlled by Republicans ordered to redraw its congressional districts. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court said the state's congressional map clearly, plainly, and palpably violates the Constitution. It ordered the Republican-controlled General Assembly to redraw the map by next month so it can be used for a primary in May. If there's no acceptable map submitted by February 15th, the court said it would adopt its own. North Carolina is also facing a court order to redraw its congressional map. ABC's Aaron Katursky, Puerto Rico Governor Ricardo Rosell announced he's privatizing the island's territory's government-owned electric power company. The surprise announcement comes with 30% of the island still in the dark after Hurricane Maria more than four months ago. On Wall Street, an update that closing 143 points higher than NASDAQ gaining 72. You're listening to ABC News. Good afternoon, I'm Macy Jepson. He was convicted a couple years back of stealing from the Ohio lottery, and now he is in trouble with the law again. 42-year-old Robert Draglovich of Liberty was pulled over Saturday for running a red light on Midlothian Boulevard. In the car, Youngstown police found suspected heroin. Draglovich was busted for that. Now, court records say the former sales rep for the Ohio lottery is paying restitution to the lottery for cashing in over $100,000 worth of stolen lottery tickets. He's on five years probation for that. Tom Moore reporting in the newsroom. A short government shutdown was a good thing when it came to federally funded construction projects in Mahoney County. County engineer Pat Gennetti told 27 First News a long shutdown would be a problem. That certainly can affect pay draws, uh, communications, change orders, uh, things of that nature. That shutdown expected to end tonight. Dozens of people gathered outside the private prison on Hubbard Road Sunday afternoon to call for the release of Youngstown business owner Al Addy, who is being held by immigration agents and was arrested almost a week ago. Jeff Green of the Ohio Black Republicans Association told 27 First News this stretches across political divide. It's more than politics because this goes to the fabric of uh, who we are as a nation. For now, Addie is continuing a hunger strike. A family of five in Liberty Township lost their home and their dog to fire Sunday morning. Their townhouse on Madison Road is a complete loss. Hundreds turned out in Salem on Sunday for the funeral service for Police Lieutenant Charles Schaefer, a 28-year veteran of the Salem Police Department. Lieutenant Schaefer died suddenly last Wednesday. And people in Salem are mourning the loss of former city councilman Clyde Brown. The 79-year-old died in the emergency room of the Salem Regional Medical Center on Sunday, Brown served 10 years as a Salem City Councilman, and he retired just at the start of the new year. From the all-new and 2018 Power Chevrolet Buick GMC of Calcutta, Ohio Newsroom, I'm Macy Jepson. Our next update at 6.30. Just ahead, more stimulating talk from the O'Charlie's Digital Studios. 9.99 menu, nine great meals, one great price. O'Charlie's. Need a furnace checkup? Call Mazza Heating and Cooling in Girard your factory-authorized Bryant dealer. Mild temperatures overnight falling into the low 40s by morning. Scattered rain showers, small chance for an isolated thunderstorm. Then falling temperatures through the day. Scattered rain showers mixing to a little snow through the afternoon. With your Storm Team 27 forecast, I'm meteorologist Paul Wetzel. Temp is 52. 
Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. Yeah, that's what it is. News Radio 570 WQN and Ron Verb live from Stadium GM. Be out here tonight till 7 o'clock. Zero down delivers every day. And here comes John Arnold with uh, the investing show. He'll be with us right up until 7 o'clock tonight. And uh, another uh, another stellar day, John, as far as the market was concerned. Let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, it you know, it looks like this whole impasse thing is going to be resolved. That seemed to set the market off. What happened today? Yeah, that, that's exactly what happened. Um, we had an excellent day in the market, obviously, especially at NASDAQ, which I pay attention to. Um, another, obviously, just another awesome day. And a lot had to do with, I, and again, this is an opinionated thing. Um, you know, it looks like we're going to come out of this uh, government shutdown with, looks like the Republicans are going to get what they want, and uh, the Democrats are probably going to get what they want, and we got people getting paid again, such as the military, and everybody's happy about that. And uh, I think all is positive right now. All right. So as far and and that's the reason why the market went up. Uh, so what goes up must come down, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon, right? I keep saying it, but I don't see it happening. Well, you, you're gonna have, you're gonna have some big profit taking days coming up here shortly. I don't know. You know, it depends on what kind of investor people are, but I wouldn't get scared of those. So you. Rest assured, you got some down. You got some downtimes coming, but they're not. They're not going to be catastrophic, probably, unless there's a black swan event. So, if there's a three to four percent release valve pullback, wouldn't get too scared. As a matter of fact, instead, I would be, as an investor, looking for opportunities to buy in on some opportunities you missed. Another thing that happened today is, I believe uh, when I left the office, Netflix reported better than average earning, and their their stock shot up, and that's one of the Fang stocks. So uh, it looks like technology is still driving hard. So between that and the uh, and and the, you know, obviously the the government coming out of shutdown really <clears throat> sparked the market. What uh, tell me a little bit about uh, this week, if you will, at the office and what uh, and and what people were coming in for? Regular clients, new clients. Uh, describe a little bit about well, not so much this week, but last week, and what and what you're experiencing in these what one would say would be stellar times as far as the market and four hundred one ks are concerned. Yeah, um, I, I got to tell you, we've been jamming, jam packed. Today was one of those days. I just. Literally got out of a meeting about five minutes ago and hopped on the area. Um, we are we are absolutely a revolving door right now because confidence is high. People are believing in the American economy. <clears throat> They're believing in the stock market. They believe in the president. They believe in the vision, and uh, and things are working. People are making more money, and no, uh, they don't want to be left behind. <clears throat> Sorry about the cough. I have a lingering bronchitis. All right, and 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 what are clients that are not new clients that are coming to meet with you? What are their uh, concerns or questions? You know, what's amazing is the paradigm shift is here to where their concerns are completely different. Their concerns are mostly greed concerns, meaning that uh, it's it's about not being left out in the cold. They don't, you know, I think they've been hanging on the sidelines, hanging, 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 and they talk to their neighbors and their friends and their relatives and saying. Man, I made so much money in the market. I did this or I did that. To where they're saying, you know what? Either the guy that has my money already sucks, or um, this banking uh, CD, you know, one and a quarter, whatever have you, that sucks really bad. So they're they're coming in with greed expectations. You know, what what can we get uh, as far as a return on our money with some kind of risk, knowing that uh, it, it could lose. Um, but we don't, you know, for those people out there that. Um, that are afraid of the market, I tell them, listen, the market doesn't come in once, you know, one size fits all. We, we can make, we can build a portfolio for you that has utilities, that has some balance funds in it, that has some limited maturity funds and, excuse me, some bonds and, um, and some staple stuff and some con- consumer staples and, you know, use exchange-traded funds to where, yeah, if the market falls apart, you're going to get hurt, but you're not going to get destroyed as if you had a portfolio made up of all FANG stocks or, uh, you know, $5, you know, penny stocks and below. 
and, and it's more about educating the clients. We're saying you can you can risk your money without having to take too much risk. Meaning that if you're looking for a six to seven percent return, you know I don't see I don't see that being that much of a challenge if you're willing to give me some moderate risk. And that that seems to make people feel really well and, and really good, especially after getting a a one percent taxable return in the CD. And, and you know what? People have really been educating themselves on why they don't want annuities. The, the, the message has gone out. Rarely do I find a person that says, man, I, I can't wait to get into that annuity, or I heard about this annuity, and I was hoping you can educate me about that. It, it's, it's not really come up. So I think people are getting wiser and wiser to the annuity game. They're definitely getting wiser and wiser to the CD game. Um, and uh, I think they're letting the, the purse strings a little bit loose, and uh, it's helping both parties, with one being me. All right, so when people are when existing clients are coming in, are they coming in and bringing more money to invest, some of them? In other words, you, you would always say in previous shows, try me out, see how I do, and if you're happy, then you know uh, bring the rest. Is that what's taking place these days? It is, to, to a point to where it's actually faulty, to where... I've had to tell people, listen, we don't want to put, you know, 100% of your money in, in anything because, one, if you need you know, money in an emergency, I can't get it to you for four days because you got trade day plus three. And then, uh, secondly, we got to be prudent about this. Things are great. I mean, we're doing great right now, but I've also been on the other side of the table where I've been apologizing to a client or telling them and begging them, please don't sell. Uh, it is great equity we have or this great this great position rather uh and hold 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 out so you don't get smashed um and they and obviously that and that hurts somebody if they have all their money and 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 obviously an investment so we require that people have four to six times the amount of their bills uh in a, in a liquid savings account or something liquid other than without us so with that said how that relates to your question is Yes, checks are coming in rampant and, and rabid, and uh, uh, and and we're we're glad to take them. But it's to the point now to where we actually have had to have pretty hard to hard talks with some people to say we can't take a hundred percent of your money. It's just not suitable, and it's out of compliance. And that that's where it's at. Hopefully, hopefully that answered your question. No, but and uh, and when you talk about greed, that's where you got to kind of uh, calm people down because it, the market has just been going up and up and up lately. But you know, you don't want, uh, like you say, you want still diversity is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, diversification, uh, prudent, prudent diversification. Like diversification doesn't always mean that you take 100 percent of your money and you allocate it in the mid cap, small cap, large cap, etc. Diversification means diversification amongst investment vehicles. Uh, such as money market savings accounts, health savings accounts, uh, mutual funds, exchange traded funds, stocks, bonds, etc. And it's so you got to be you got to be very uh, careful when you talk about diversification with a client because what diverse what diversification means to them can mean diver, you know completely something different to someone else, and that's where you as an investment advisor have to look out for the client on on the you know for them. Because it's easy, it's extremely easy to get to get wrapped up into this great market. I've seen this story so many times before. In two thousand four, five, six, seven, I was everybody's best friend. And, two, and I, when I first started the industry in two thousand ninety nine area, all those brokers that I was I looked up to, their clients loved them and bringing them cakes and cookies. And, oh, he can't do any wrong. And then, sure enough, you know they're the they're the, world, they're the world's jackass in 2002 after the market falls apart. So you just got to be very cautious. You got to, you got to let people know that like you said on the beginning of the program, what goes up must come down. The market will give you an average return of eight to 10% over 10 years. Uh, but if you have a 20% year or a 16% year, like we had last year, and that means if we have another 16% year and a 20% year back to back, that means the market is, is set up to have a huge, uh, decrease probably in a third or fourth year. It's just the way it's going. It's, it's happened for a century. It's probably going to continue to happen. And anybody, t- anybody tells you differently is lying to you. And, uh, and, and that's what you got to set up with the client, prepare their expectations. 
Right, but you also have to be able to know when to pull the trigger. If you think the market is going to start to go down, knowing when, knowing not to pull it too soon. But I mean, you have the ability through your investors to do that without having to call them or talk to them about it. If you feel it's going to go down and stay down, or you need to sell out of something, correct? Correct. So, and that's the one thing that people got coming with me. I'm entering my uh, my 17th year here in a, in a month in the industry where I've been through some wars. I've seen the, I've seen the warning lights go off. I, I have a good, pretty good measure of when we should probably be, you know, sliding the scale back to less risk. The thing is, is I could be wrong. Uh, but uh, my, my indicators have been pretty accurate as of the past three years. And like you said, I'm going to reallocate their funds, their assets to, of a, you know, more of a conservative, moderate risk if they're in high risk. We made all these great gains. The other thing is, is we have pointed stock stock losses in effect, meaning that if if the market's going down and it reaches that twelve to thirty percent mark on the downside, we're going to have a serious talk with the clients, or probably just move and shift to some moderate risk or even no risk at all into a wealth preservation model, and um, and and do my job. Now that backfired on me, if you remember, two two Januarys ago. And it initially made me look like a stud, and I ended up looking like an idiot uh, in March because we um, we shifted out of the market after about an 8% decline in January. It was the worst January of any market ever in the history of the stock market, and the market fell about 18 to 18.5% in one month. Now, we stopped everybody out at 8%, and all the clients were extremely happy and pleased. And February is a terrible month, and I got all the battle boys. But then, sure enough, at the end of February, that market went straight up like a bottle rocket, and we ended up cementing in losses and or cementing in a profit that could have been more profit. Uh, just you know, as a bad, it was a bad reallocation on my part. It's and I, and I'm saying that because I need people to know that we don't have fortune teller classes, and uh, if and, and I'm not saying I have this what's going to work. What I'm saying is is we take ourselves very seriously in being investment advisors and investment advisors allocate and reallocate accordingly to the market. And sometimes you'll get a false signal. Um, majority of the time we've been right, but in that particular case, we were wrong and that could very well happen again. And, and uh, I like to be brutally, brutally candid and honest with the listeners. Right, but uh, but you like uh, just so people understand, you have the ability to allocate and reallocate so that you're actively managing everybody's money, so that you don't right. ride the market down. So, in other words, you know, let's say they're doing something and not paying attention, and the market does go down and stays down, that uh, that they don't have to worry about that. You're the one who makes the call to say, guess what? We're going to get out of this and sit on the sidelines, even if we take a little bit of a loss because we don't want to continue to ride it down. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah, big difference on my part. I'm definitely not the Edward Jones guy or the, the Ameriprise guy. You know, hey, hang in there. You know, we're going to be all right. And send you a fact sheet or two and a little history on the stock market. Listen, if you want that, do it yourself. Or don't choose us. That's not my program. If you want an active money manager, you want a guy that's going to get you newer ideas and new strategies and reallocate accordingly to the investment markets, I'm your guy. Uh, that always doesn't work, but I, I, let me put it this way. I can't imagine paying a broker 5.75% upfront load on mutual fund for him to tell me to hang in, hang in there while I got my ass kicked in the market. That blows my mind. It will always blow my mind. And that's not what we do. Um, so when I have statistical and numerical and objective data that I follow technical analysis and tactical analysis to, to make those moves. Like I said, they're not always right. They've been wrong. Uh, but majority of the time they've been right, and at least the clients are getting something for their money. Right. They're getting somebody that monitors it on a regular basis. I mean, that's what matters most, somebody that's uh, that, that's on top of it, no matter what risk group you're in. Now, if, 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 if you had to assess just ballpark figures, you have low, medium, and and high risk. What uh, if, if you had to give me a percentage as far as, uh, would you say the low risk would be uh, just, you know, as a batting average right now, the market's been good. Low, low risk would be getting what type of return? Five, six percent? What would medium risk be getting yeah, and high risk? Excuse me for the cough. Four to six percent because our low risk 
has been outperforming, it's doing way better than it should. Typically, low risk, we're trying to get 3 to 5%. But low risk has been hitting 5 to 6%. Our moderate risk portfolio has been getting 6 to 7 to 9% because, again, we're shooting, you know, we're just getting way better than average returns. And in our, our ultra-aggressive models, you know, I got some accounts that have done 39 to 42% just by pure luck and some good picks in a great market. All right, hang um, on. We'll check the right, weather coming up, the and then we'll be right back. You were shot at $1,000 now. Money, money. Text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Money. <laughs> Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. And a Storm Team 27 forecast brought to you by Cordy's uh, Cigar. And so uh, rain, a possibility tonight, or low down to 38. For tomorrow, showers linger in a high of 40. Wednesday, 30 for a high. Thursday, 32. Friday, 46. So it should stay uh, relatively uh, above freezing uh, for the most part of the week. We're talking with John Arnold, the investing show, News Radio 570 WKBN. Every, everybody's ears has to perk up when you're talking about the aggressive thing, when you're saying an aggressive thing. You're getting, what, 25 to 40% for some people, correct? Yeah, I gotta really disclose. I mean, underline as much as you can. If that's not normal, uh, that those kind of returns could obviously backfire and get you minus fifty percent returns. I really gotta disclose that. But yeah, I mean, we hit some home runs this year, man. We got we we hit Amazon really right. Uh, we hit Amazon before everybody else was hitting Amazon. And if anybody wants to challenge that, you're gonna listen to our podcast on this show from years ago. And then we have a. Uh, ISRG, which did a three-for-one split. Uh, I put people in a- XAR at the beginning of this little um, don- po- you know, dog and pony show with, with North Korea, which is a, a defense fund. It's an aerospace and defense fund where they specialize in um, investing uh, or picking stocks that are for you know building tanks and warplanes, etc. So that's just a co- that's just three or four scenarios of how we achieve those particular returns. And then, and then I, I got lucky, uh, like I said a couple shows ago, to where I invested in building an industry material funds uh, because of Trump and, and his infrastructure plan, but they really did really mediocre for us until, until the hurricanes hit. And just by pure luck, when the hurricanes hit, all of those particular sectors just went, they bottle rocketed and, and took off for the skies, and, and we, we, we backed off that and really increased our, uh, our our performance. So, you know, just like anything, and it, whether it's football or, you know, a job hunt, it takes a little bit of luck, too. So uh, with skill, we got some good luck with that, too. So um, we had we had some really kick-ass returns this year, and we're continuing to do that uh, this month, and I, hopefully it continues. But I, 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 keep t- I keep pressing this. I've been on the other side of the coin with those same kind of returns have been the minus 40%. So... For those listening out there, that carries a lot of risk. And uh, if you're willing to take that risk, you're probably going to get a great return, but you could also lose all your money. Right, but there's still, even in a high risk, there, you still have diversity. You have a number of different things in that. You have a blend of things in there, so there's there's still diversity in that, correct? Well, let me give you an example. So I would say 90% of our ultra-aggressive models still hold FXU. FXU is a utility fund. It pays a 2% dividend. It's as boring as the day is long. But man, that's going to hold up in bad times. Uh, they have a couple um, moderate funds in there that uh, I really don't want to talk about on the air. I don't want to give away too many of my strategies. But we we offset it by some conservative stuff in the event that Amazon and ISRG and some of these other ones buckle. We got some stuff that's going to hold the portfolio up to, in, in, until those things come back, hopefully. So. It's it's not a one size fits all model for John Arnold's portfolios, and it never is, and it never will, it never will be because it's not how I manage money. But I got to tell you, we're in a situation now where it's I haven't made a move in the portfolio differently than our original allocation probably seven months because if it ain't broke, it ain't, I'm not fixing it. And we, Ron, I can't even begin to tell you how good the, the portfolio is doing. It's doing it's doing really well. Uh, it's liquid, and the fees are. Extremely low compared to my competitors out there. If you look at my, if you look at my fund that I built versus some of the hedge funds out there, or some of the SMA, SMA models that are touting 11, 12 percent returns, I just laugh at them. Like, how, how can you even? I can't believe these people have the, 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 the you know, the kahunis to 
to even tout those kind of returns. And the market's doing 16%. They're not even beating it. So very proud of Jaron Wealth Management right now and what we've done for the clients this past year. Right, and and you've said before, though, uh, and f- well, first of all, explain your fee structure when you talk about that, so people early on understand it. I mean, how do you get paid? And what? We, we get paid, and, go ahead. Uh, how do you get paid? And explain how you pick up the fees when you trade. Okay, so when you're with a custodian, whether it's Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, etc., how those particular custodians make their money is on trades. They also make them on little nickel and dime fees, such as inactivity fees custodial fees, alternative investment fees, all kind of, you know, IRA fees, all kind of nickel and dime stuff. And I don't fault them for that. That's how they keep the doors open, the skyscrapers, lights on. So what I do is I make it very clean and simple. I say, Mr. and Mrs. Klein, I'm going to pay all these fees for you. I'm going to pick up the training costs. I'm going to pick up all the nickel and dime costs. You're going to pay us one twelfth of 1% a month based on the account value. I'm going to pay up the fees. And when your account decreases, our our compensation is going to decrease. And when your and when your account increases, our compensation is going to increase. But what you're not going to do is pay to have money with me and, and we're losing. Meaning, it's not fair to the client. I never I never felt this way that uh, they pay these trading costs and these nickel and dime fees. And during times when the market's poor or terrible, or even if I made a bad decision, which I have in the past, they still got to pay. That's not fair to the client. <laughs> So what we do is we set up a model to where they pay us 1% a year, divide that by 12, uh, to we're paying one twelfth of a month, one twelfth of 1% a month, and we build accordingly to the, to the portfolios. And I, bet, I put it this way, we've never, ever had a complaint as far as compensation to me. I, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I have a lady in Josephine who can't believe she said you're so inexpensive. Um, and I, I'm proud of that. And I said the, the reason is because I know where I live, I know where I grew up, but if I charge more than one to one half percent a year, it's really pinning me against myself. That means I have to overcome almost one and a half to two percent in fees just to break even for the client. And what if we have a bad year? What if the market sucks? It, it, it puts it puts it pins me against the client. It doesn't make us a team; it makes us enemies, and it's really bad for the investing relationship. So, so I just make it very, very simple and to the point. Here's what I do. That's what I pay for you. That's what you pay me. We're on the same team. All right, we'll come back talk more. We'll put John on standby. The headlines at six thirty. John's here till seven. You got a question or comment for John? Seven two nine ninety nine seventy seven. Pick up the phone. Give him a call. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds. You got a comment? You want to question him? Seven two nine ninety nine seventy seven. We'll be right back. Youngstown businessman Amir Al-Adi. But family members are not giving up on their fight to get him released. Addy has been transferred and is now being held at Northeast Ohio Correctional Center in Youngstown. And tonight, the family is holding another rally at the downtown circle. The shutdown of the federal government has impacted operations here in the Valley. The 910th Airlift Wing and Youngstown Air Reserve Station announced that they are in a non-operating status until further notice. Installation employees were asked to report for duty this morning to sign their furlough notice. The good news is they may be back to work by tomorrow. People in Salem are mourning the loss of former councilman Clyde Brown. The 79-year-old died in the emergency room of the Regional Medical Center on Sunday. He served 10 years as a Salem City Councilman and had just retired at the beginning of the new year. Storm Team 27 forecasts scattered rain showers highs in the mid-50s, low tonight in the 40s. From the all-new in 2018 Power Chevrolet Buick GMC of Calcutta, Ohio Newsroom, I'm Macy Jepson. Next update at 7. Just ahead, more stimulating talk from the O'Charlie's Digital Studios. $9.99 menu, nine great meals, one great price. O'Charlie's. Don't be left out in the cold this winter. Call Mazza Heating in Girard, your factory authorized Bryant dealer. Mild temperatures overnight falling into the low 40s by morning. Scattered rain showers, small chance for an isolated thunderstorm. Then falling temperatures through the day. Scattered rain showers mixing to a little snow through the afternoon. With your Storm Team 27 forecast, I'm meteorologist Paul Weddle. For news on demand, go to 570wkbn.com. Brought to you by Donnell Ford. It's 51. 
from News Radio 570 WKBN and Ron Verb broadcasting live from the showrooms here at Stadium GM in the heart of Salem here tonight. Nobody treats you better than they will here at Stadium GM. Beautiful selection of cars. No one has a bigger selection than we do at Stadium GM. I mean, everything that General Motors makes, we carry here. Cadillac, Buick, uh, GMC, Silverado, you name it, we have it. And, you know, when it comes to leasing, Zero Down delivers. No shenanigans going on with some ridiculous price and the fine print saying, well, you got to put $4,000 down or 5000 Nope, Zero Down delivers every day here at Stadium GM. I think you'll be very pleased with the leasing that we have. As I've said a million times, there's no reason to drive a car that isn't dependable, that won't get the job done right here at Stadium GM, because you can lease uh, any number of cars in any payment range that we have and drive dependable transportation, no worries during the time of the lease, you know, covered under warranty, and uh, always be driving uh, a new car every two, three years right here at Stadium GM. It's why so many people come down here, and they like our straightforward approach, as I say, zero down delivers, whether that's a car or a truck, and when it comes to buying, hey, we'll work you a great deal down here. We have financing right here on on the on, on the lot. In addition to that, our new and used uh, uh, cars, or I should say our used car lot from Cars and Trucks, visit our website, stadiumgm.com. You can see both new and used at stadiumgm.com, but... If you take a look at our used cars and trucks, you'll see realistic pricing. You'll see the Carfax reports. It's a straightforward approach approach that we do on our website. It's the stadium GM difference, and it's huge, as Trump would say. And uh, how we treat you, I think you'll appreciate it. Stadium GM here in the heart of Salem. Hey, it's Ron Verb, News Radio 570 WKBN. John Arnold's our guest. This is the investment show. He'll be with us till 7 o'clock tonight. You got a comment or question for John? Pick up the phone and give him a call right now. 729-9977. 729-9977. Question about stocks, bonds, mutual funds, 401ks. You're investing. Maybe from your personal standpoint or maybe from who you're investing with. If you've got a question or comments, don't let the cat get your tongue. John takes callers, 729-9977. We'll try his best to answer all questions. 729-9977. We'll get you in touch with John Arnold here tonight till 7 o'clock. So keep that in mind. Now, John's, John's got a different approach, you know, different when you come in, you know, he talks to you, you talk to him. Get to know each other, see if it's a good fit. Uh, and then, you know, he uh, gives you that uh, free initial consultation, listens to you, comes up with a strategy and ideas for you at uh, the locally based John Arnold right here in Canfield on the Star Center Plaza is where you'll find John. And, you know, that's, uh, there's no high pressure or any of that kind of stuff. He's going to say, what do you have? Where, you know, what have you been doing? If it's a good plan, he'll let you know that. If he thinks he can do better, he'll let you know that as well. And uh, he'll lay it all out there for you. Jimmy, News Radio 570 WQN, you're on with John Arnold tonight. Go ahead. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I was thinking, I'm 52 years old and during the, the millennium, the turn of the century, you were talking about money, and I remember the Queen of England gave back the island of Hong Kong to Red China, and all the money was on Queen's way. She, all she right. The all right. Red- uh, see, you, wrote- see you later, Jimmy. We're not going to Nutville tonight. All right. Sorry about that, John. That's okay. Leftover caller from my program, apparently. <laughs> hello, yeah. yeah, hello. You know what I mean? That, yeah, there you go. Hi, Ron, and that kind of stuff. But anyway, let me get you. So when you meet with John, you know, there's no high pressure. There's no charge. It's all local, you know, and, he, and he'll hear what you have and give you some suggestions and ideas. And sometimes, John, there are people who just come to meet with you for ideas just on their own 401Ks, or maybe they don't have a ton of money and will just kind of pick your brain if they're maybe he's doing it on their own through Vanguard or whatever. Talk a little bit here as we get into the new year. You know, uh, we have till April. I want you to talk. This area has a large number of uh small businessmen, self-employed people. I've heard it over the years, folks from the lawyers on a legal show when they're talking about child support. They say, boy, I don't think we've ever seen an area that has had more self-employed people. Talk to them about their retirement, IRAs, uh, uh, 401Ks. Uh, it's a different strategy you have to lay out for those folks, is it not? It, it is. It's actually extremely advantageous. If you're a, If you're a self-employed person, you are eligible for something called a simple IRA or a SEP IRA, depending on how you want to uh, treat your employees. is going to be the depend, you know, it's going to depend upon which one you pick. But a simple IRA and a SEP IRA carry huge increases uh, 
as far as uh, what's what's available. Meaning, as far as like, for instance, my uh, rate to or my if I didn't know my own business and I, I just say I was Joe Schmo. Uh, Wrench Turner, and uh, I didn't have my own business. I worked for XYZ Mechanics Drop up the street. The maximum amount of money I'd be, be able to put in my IRA is 5500 bucks. If I'm over 50, it's 6500 That's it. That's the max. If you're a SEP IRA owner, you could put in $55,000. Think about that. 55000 tax uh, write-off dollars into your SEP IRA just by being a business owner. Now, let me, let me caution you. It's the lesser of twenty to twenty five percent of uh, of W two income, or fifty five thousand and some change. But let's say you uh, let's say you're X Y Z carpet carpet cleaner, and you need that a nice year, and you profited two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Then your accountant goes to you and says, "Hey, listen, you know, you owe the government like seventy thousand dollars, and and so you're gonna have to pay that money anyway. If you have a good accountant, they're gonna say." Let's start a SEP IRA for you. Let's, instead of paying the IRS's money, let's pay yourself this money. Let's put this 55000 bucks into your pocket. And if you have employees, we'll put some money into their pockets. You know, that will retain them. And, and, and you get that huge tax deduction. And uh, you still got to pay the IRS the money, obviously. But instead, you're paying, you're paying a lot of that money going to you versus, obviously, the full-blown IRS. And that's... So that's one of the great things about America and being a small business owner. Is that there's a lot of advantageous things out there that are available to you to being a small businessman or woman. And if you're not taking advantage of them, shame on you, man. Shame on you. And listen, I'm in the same boat. I, there's years where you know we, we, we feel very wealthy, and there's years where it's lean. And you got to make adjustments to your contributions accordingly. But if you're having a good year like we had last year, we had a record year, man, I, there's nothing in life I hate more. And I mean nothing I hate more than paying unfair taxes. And when people talk about me paying my fair share and whatnot, huh, I show them my tax bill, and I guarantee they they would change your tune. So, and a lot of tax and a lot of small business owners out there would change your tune, or excuse me, will uh, agree with me. So, one of the ways I go about alleviating a tax burden is I put together a simple IRA for my staff and I, and I give money to my staff as far as a contribution for them. I get money to my wife and I as a contribution for us. I was going to pay the IRS that money anyway. So, hell, I'll give it to the J.R. Wealth Management Fund, if you know what I mean. And I still pay the tax. You know, I still pay my taxes to the you know, state and government, or excuse me, federal and, and local, uh, which is a large amount. But I'm, I'm, I'm being advantageous with it. I'm being a smart businessman and being prudent. I suggest that people who own businesses get together with their accountants, their CPAs, and have them run a, a hypothetical or have them run a scenario to where what's it look like with me making a contribution and what's it look like without me making a contribution. If they're a good accountant, they're going to say you'd be a fool not to make a contribution. All right, and, it, and it's a way, like you said, if you don't do that, you're just going to be mailing it to the IRS. You're paying the money either way. You're paying it either way. Like it or not, you're not beating the IRS. You're never going to beat the IRS. And uh, the only way to do it is to take advantage of the uh that, that, you know, that obviously the, the great things about being a business owner that are out there, which are simple and set by arrays. And the other thing we probably need, like I said last show, we need to have a discussion about is an HSA. If you're not contributing to an HSA for yourself and you can't afford it and you're not into the Medicare age, you are dumb. You, that's a free write-off for you. Now, and, who are you uh, talking to now? Are you talking to the self-employed? I'm, I'm talking to both. I'm talking to Everett Joe listener right now driving home from work looking for somebody i'm also talking to the business owners out there and uh, and that's why i brought it out specifically you, right, are, it, you are eligible to put your money into an hsa health savings account explain why they should do that and how it works it's i it works identical in relation to an ira the money you put in an hsa is deducted directly from your income for the year period you put in three thousand and you made fifty thousand this year. It looks like you made forty-seven thousand. The beautiful part about an HSA is you don't got to wait till fifty-nine and a half or file a seventy-two T at fifty-five to take money out of it. You use it for medical expenses, and it's a hundred percent non-taxable. So, think about this in clear terms. If you made eighty thousand dollars this year. And, and you need a write-off, and you want to max say you have enough money to put money into a 
uh, an HSA plan. And you say you, you did 3000 bucks. Now it looks like you made 77000 All right, you reduce your taxable income. You're going to pay that money to the IRS anyway. And I'm not talking to this business owner out there, Mr. Mr. Listener. I'm talking about everybody here that's under Medicare age. That is, and I'm going to go into something else here in a second, that versus a flexible spending count, which is often confused. The HSA sticks around forever. You, you can hold it till the day, till the day is long. It grows tax deferred. You don't have to invest it into a savings account. You can invest it into mutual funds. You can invest it in some other things, depending on when you use what custodian you use. I highly recommend you make your first $20,000 safe, and it will grow tax deferred. As long as you use it for medical expenses, when I say medical expenses, I'm talking about contact. I'm talking about co-pays. I'm talking about toothbrushes. Talking about massage therapy. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to go. Uh, to, if you go to Polo Medical Clinic, it, it's it's comprehensive. And you, there's various websites uh, that you can go to regarding the HSAs and what's available for write-off and what's available for. Uh, or excuse me, not write-off, but what's eligible to pay out of your HSA without a penalty or interest. And there's hundreds, hundreds of things that you can use your HSA to use. When I talk to HSAs, when I talk to our clients about HSAs and potential clients and broad audiences like ours, a lot of them are looking out cross-eyed to me like, what, what the hell are you talking about? And it blows my mind because uh, with the crisis we're in, and we are in a crisis, make no, no, make no mistake, Obamacare has been destructive to the health insurance uh, pricing. I don't care what, B, R, I, I don't care. It's outrageous, the cost. One of the things you can do to lessen your costs is open up a catastrophic HSA or uh, HSA plan. And if you're not doing that, you're literally throwing money in the garbage. And it blows my mind. So, for example, if you had a catastrophic plan with a high deductible, let's say a deductible of 3000 or maybe 6000 something yeah. in there, you would want to have an HSA, certainly of 3000 or 6000 to cover if you're just covering that deductible to get to where your insurance kicks in, correct? Absolutely. And if it's, and if it's tax deductible, it's free money. You, again, I can't stress enough to you. You were going to pay that to the IRS anyway. Why not pay yourself? All right, and and so yeah, so that money's going to cover those costs. You might want to put in more than what the deductible is because sometimes it might be an eighty twenty charge. What happens, John, if you don't use that money? Uh, let's say you have a year when everybody's healthy and you don't use it. Do you lose it? Does it stay in the account? What happens? Great, great point. And the answer is absolutely no. It accumulates and continues to accumulate interest, just like your IRA would if it was invested in anything. And that is a common misconception because there's an alternative investment plan, excuse me, health savings type of plan called a flexible spending account, which I find to be brainless. I don't know even why they confuse people with this if you can do an HSA. But a flexible spending account terminates and starts over at the end of the year. It's a use it or lose it type plan, which is often confused with an HSA. And HSA is your money. It's not employer money. It's not uh, the custodian's money. It's your money. It will sit there, and it will accumulate until you use it. And it's not a use-it-or-lose-it plan. Flexible spending account is. That's where at the end of the year, say you got a couple grand sitting, and you haven't seen the doctor or the eye doctor or whoever have you, and, it, and if you don't use it, it disappears at the end of the year. How and why that's legal, I don't know. That's not my, that's not my program. That's Dave's. So I will tell you, if you can get into an HSA, get yourself into an HSA. Right. In other words, you're saying, hey, you would be paying a lot of that money out in taxes and then still paying those medical bills anyway. So don't screw yourself, yeah. right? Exactly. And I got another thing, and I'm not trying to turn the show political, but I don't know, the writing's on the wall. The government wants you to take care of yourself. You see what's happening with Social Security. You see what's happening with health insurance costs. You better get on the ball, and you better start health insurance planning for yourself. You better set up as an additional fund for when you're in your in your fifties to sixties until Medicare age. Maybe a, some kind of investment fund uh, is just for medical expenses. And then the other thing you need to set up is a health savings account. You really need to be articulate in planning for your health insurance benefits because it's getting worse. It's not getting better. The economy, excuse me, the population is getting older and wiser.
which is making way more of a burden on Medicare that no one's talking about. And it's also bringing a way, obviously, a bigger burden on health insurance companies who are on the hook contractually and legally to pay health insurance costs. And guess what? They're in business to be profitable. There's no such thing as a non-for-profit health insurance company. So they have two options. Hike the rates on the people who can afford to pay it. And if you can't, you go on Obamacare towards a government subsidy. Either way, cost is going up. And as long as technology is improving where the cost of technology is, is more costly and people are living longer and better, that's a perfect recipe for health insurance costs to go up. You might like it, you might not, but those are the facts. So get yourself an HSA. There was an article in a Plain Dealer, folks, over the weekend. I'll, I'll, I'll have to dig it up, read it on the program. And it was talking about people who have retired. And in many cases, a couple of things. They were talking about people with pensions that ultimately went belly up or were turned over the PB, you know, the government uh, board. And it was talking with people that have 401ks. And the point of the article was this, John. So many people are retiring and they can't stop working. They might be able to retire. This was an article about people from McDonald Douglas, folks. And it said how many of them retired. And I guess there were some economic problems with their retirement and their pension plan. And and they retired, and many of them are working at part-time jobs simply to survive and say they will be for the rest of their lives. You know, from from 65 on, you know, they'll be 70, 75, whether they're working at Walmart, stock and shelves, or whether they're, you know, they're working some type of minimum wage job because that's how expensive retirement is with health care and, uh, and, and just the cost of living with a lot of these pension plans going south or people not having enough in their 401K. Do you see that, John? I do, but I see it in a different scenario. So this area, for whatever reason, is lucky enough because the cost of living is low enough. We have a lot of guys getting out of GM and other other places or state troopers are getting out because they have great retirements. At 55, 57, okay, way before Social Security age and way before Medicare age, right at 65. So what do they do? They need They need that bridge, so... If they if they work for a company, I'm not talking about GM and some others because they're lucky enough to to obviously have uh, benefits. But there are people out there that have enough money saved to to retire on money alone. But what what holds them up is the healthcare cost because they can't make it seven years until Medicare age. All right, hold that thought. Hold that thought. I got to pause for my break here at six fifty. Back, uh, back with John Arnold so in a minute. Put him on standby. He'll clear his throat. We'll be back after this live from Stadium GM News Radio five seventy WKBM. Back right after this. Storm Team 27 forecast brought to you by Cordy Cigar Box. And we are looking for rain tonight, obviously, in our low down to 38. On Tuesday, showers linger in a high of 40. On Wednesday, 30 for a high. Thursday, 32. Friday, 46. News Radio 570 WKBN. Ron Verb live from Stadium GM. We're talking with uh, John Arnold. One of the key points that you're making is the cost, uh, you know, the, the bridge between people that retire early and getting uh, Medicare. Talk, uh, continue with your comments, please. Yeah, so the challenge, you're, you brought up a great point. It's the same exact point, but it's a different kind of challenge. The challenge I have is getting people affordable medical insurance or health care insurance. And so I call Ray Kashmiri and I say, you guys, you know, give me guys, give me a quote. And, you know, they're, they're up against it between what the health insurance companies offer. Uh, and sometimes it's coming in at fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars for a 55 year old with really nothing. And a wife, and really nothing uh, wrong with them. Three thousand to four thousand are deductible, and they're looking at me cross-eyed, like, "What the hell do you expect us to do here?" And I don't know. You know. Other than what you're talking about, is go to Giant Eagle or somewhere, and you know, go go to you know, bag groceries or whatever, and get benefits. I I feel terrible. That's not what that's not what retirement was supposed to be for them. So they have the money, they have the money to retire, but they can't justify retiring because there's the health insurance cost is so big. So if the health insurance plans would have been subsidized or properly planned for, and there's no way they could have done it. That's not their fault. You know, everything would have been hunky-dory. So I guess what I'm saying to you is, is that's the challenge I face every – and when I say weekly, I'm not exaggerating, weekly. I got a great – you know, I get a nice couple in that has worked their tail off, a little bit of overtime, sent their kids to college. 
scrape by, click, you know, click coupons. All things they're supposed to do. And here they are, 55, 56, where we can file a 72T with the IRS, get money out of their IRAs without a penalty. They have a pension. They have this and that. And then, oh, by the way, I don't know if we can get you retired because this health insurance cost is in the way. It's a damn shame. So what I'm telling our younger folks out there that are listening right now, get get yourself on the ball. Even if it's $25 a paycheck, put yourself, get buy a dividend-paying stock portfolio or something, and have that specific portfolio, just like my wife and I do, just for subsidization of health insurance costs, because it's getting it's getting worse, not better for you out there. And that's the whole point. Are you finding that when you sit down with people that they would like to retire at 62 because the option is there, but they don't because you can't get Medicare till you're 65? Yeah. I mean, is this... Same exact scenario. Same exact scenario. Because realistically, you would be looking at a thousand a month. You know, you've got to tell that to tell that person, "Well, let's get a quote," and then you tell them, "Hey, it's going to be twelve to fourteen thousand just for a high deductible insurance plan, and that's what it's going to cost you in addition to you know your uh, your retirement that you're going to be pulling off." And a lot of people, I gotta believe, say they're not going to do that. They'll just continue to work till they're sixty-five. Nine, nine out of ten of them say, you know, unfortunately, John, we just can't chance, and I don't blame them. And it breaks my heart because, like I said, a lot of these people are just like my mom and dad and worked their tails off to, to get where they're at. And, I, you know, it's supposed to be a happy day for us. And then, you know, i got to be the bearer of bad news to say, hey, listen, these health insurance premiums just went up again in January. You're looking at twelve to $1,500 for this generic plan. And like I said, they're looking at me cross-eyed like, well, what are you talking about here? And I don't have an answer for them. And, and that's what I'm so pissed off about when it comes to what Obamacare has done to the insurance companies and, and to our health care market system, which is supposed to be a free market. It's not competitive anymore. Only upper middle class to wealthy people are going to be able to afford health insurance soon. And, uh, or, or you're going to be stuck working all your life. And that's not fair on any, any, in any case. So um, the only thing you can do besides what I'm doing is bitching about it is the only thing you can do is plan for it and, ma- and make your own, kind of a you know nest egg here for insur- or for health insurance purposes if you're 30 35 less in this program isn't get it also into an HSA get yourself into another portfolio isn't it also John Arnold's our guest this is the investing show isn't it also an eye opener when you're talking to people that do reach 65 and you got to talk to them hey now you're going to get medicare you also have to buy a supplement and that can be a pretty pe- uh, pretty good penny it's for a just a supplement it's not just a supplement but yes I mean, you know, now I'm not talking about anybody, but you know, or, uh, before they get uh, Medicare. I'm talking once they get Medicare, they got to buy a supplement, and that's at least a couple hundred a month. Yeah, you're looking at four or five hundred dollars in supplements if you're going to do it right. When I mean right, I mean you know, obviously package right. everything up to where it's you expensive. All right, we're going to run out of time. Tell people, people, your website, your phone number, John hey, Arnold. www.jarnoldwealth.com. Free consultations. Three three zero nine six five. 9890. Apologize for the cough tonight. Give us a call for a free consultation. All right. Hope it gets better for you, John. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. Free, free consultation, locally owned and operated J. Arnold Wealth Management. WKBN, Youngstown.